But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> yeah, right. Jeb, 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 Jeb. So, um... I hear you're starting your own solo career. You're breaking out. You're gonna. You're gonna. <laughs> just, I'm just rounding out my resume. That you, you, you allowed yourself to be seduced away by that evil Amy LeBeau. Oh, hi, Amy. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> there was no seduction at all. There was really big eyes going. Oh, I have to do this all by myself again. I remember doing that a few years ago. Oh my gosh, I wonder if I can con well, Jeb into. So let's explain what we're me. talking about here. See, Amy and I are talking last week. Uh, as as we sometimes just checking in with each other, yeah, kind of discussing our respective plans for the show. And I said, "Look, you know, I knew she's on. I know she's on the radio here at the AA Radio at Oshkosh." And I said, "You know, if you need anybody to to interview, you got somebody drop out or something like that. You know, ping me. Yeah, you thought know, ten me, minutes in yeah, and out, right? I, yeah, I, you know, ten minutes I can go in and talk about myself, <laughs> a, a topic with which I'm intimately familiar. Yeah, and left it at that yeah and him talking about himself was nominated for a pulitzer prize for fiction yes. yeah yeah yes. right yeah so so we killed so many birds yeah. with that, that single stone but that's not how it worked that's out that's not how that it worked out. i'll let amy <laughs> it is in. not how it worked out what that happened? is correct actually he is being a very very good friend because um my co-host Rob Mark, yeah. who's a senior editor at Flying Magazine, had a family tragedy on Friday uh, and yeah. will not be able to be here this week. And and Friday, meaning that he told me on Saturday as I was coming through Georgia and right. had landed for gas. Yeah. So so I really had very little time to think about, well, how am I going to structure this show? It, it doesn't change a ton, but it changes so, a lot. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, it used to be Kathleen Gibbon. Gibbon. What's her name now? The woman who does the morning show who uh, always has guests. Hosts. It used to be uh, Regis Philbin, and now it's... Kathy Lee? No, it's not anymore. It's oh. not. Uh, it's, it's, what's her name? Anyways, every, listeners are yelling at their pod, iPods. They know what I'm talking about. But, so is, I guess that's my question. Is Jeb with you for the duration or just one or two mornings or how does this work? Well, we, we left that open to if he had a good time today doing it. So you're going back tomorrow, Jim? So part of my... So, I, I haven't seen... It sounds like T, uh, T-34s. Yeah, I haven't seen my... Uh, uh, Bingo. Contractual right. obligations haven't been met. I haven't seen that bottle of Maker's Mark. Ah, you know? I see, I see. <laughs> so we'll negotiate the rest yeah. of the week the re- as the week goes by. But anybody who listens to this podcast, and this should be out on uh, Tuesday sometime during the day, perhaps in the morning... Um, and uh, EA Radio is streamed on the internet, so yes, if you listen to this episode promptly and you're so inclined, you might be able to go listen to Amy and the Amy and Jeb show. That's right. Uh, yes, it t- will be 11 to 12 Central Time, Central time mm-hmm. on EAARadio.net. There you go. So, anyways, hi Amy, how you doing? I'm sorry, I'm teasing you. It's not called the the Amy and and no, it's actually called called Attitude Adjustment. (laughs) Oh, I see. We've used that for a description of other activities. Yes, we have. Yeah, we have. (laughs) Um, Welcome. How you doing? I'm doing terrific. Thank you very much. I got here crawling my way across Indiana against a 40 knot headwind and very happy to be here. Saw some some interesting weather along the way, went around some of it, found out that some of it wasn't what it was painted Mm -hmm. on Nextrack, which was really interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, so. Anyways, I've gotten ahead of myself. I'm so excited to see you here that I've gotten ahead of myself here. Let me just kind of get back into the order of, of, okay. uh, of battle here uh, by saying, welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson coming to you from not high atop, down at ground level here. We're in Camp Scholar at uh, AirVenture 2017. Shea, Shea UCAP. Shea UCAP. If you heard the daily this morning, uh, we uh, this is a new thing for us. This is an experiment. And so we have a travel trailer here that's just barely big enough for three people. We don't have enough earplugs to go around. And uh, it's about 3.30 in the afternoon, which means the Daily Air Show has just begun, and the Warbird section of the show is ongoing. Uh, we're kind of way back in the campground, so all we can see is when they fly overhead, which they are doing from time to time. What was that? Uh, a moment ago, we saw a, a whole flock of uh, T-34s. What are those? I can't T-28s. T-28s, the same? Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to hear a lot of that kind of noise as, as the afternoon goes on. Um, I, I was just saying hi to Amy, and now let me say hi to my other two good friends here uh, in me, with me in Camp Scholar. Jeb Burnside is where. How are you doing, Jeb? What's I'm going on? Spiffy. Other than being a, a, a guest, a hired gun I, on I, EA Radio. I'm having a blast doing that, by the way. Uh, all kidding aside, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, happy to help out. Uh, I even had the opportunity to get out and see some of the show, walk mm. through a couple of hangars. We walked uh, back here from radio uh, over through the west ramp and uh, checked out, um, um, I don't know, what, what do they call it this year? That's Boeing Square now. Boeing Square now. Yeah, okay. well, yeah Boeing has a has a presence here. It's, it's been well, Boeing for a well, couple years, though, hasn't it? Well, and they have several Boeing products on the ramp there. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, several of them you, you, you won't get on at the airport flying yeah. an airline. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So... Um, and let's talk about that. But also, I want to welcome my other good friend, uh, uh, Dave Higdon's here. How are you doing, David? Well, for about fifth day here. Yeah. I'm having a ball. Yeah. You've been wandering around while well, you're working. You're, you're like, you like dress like a grown-up and everything when you're here. It's really... Well, it's it's disconcerting. It is disconcerting. I, I, it's you not know, the uh, vibe with which I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not NBAA dress, I, but I, it's... I, it's, I, it's, it, it's not like dressing up for for National Business Aviation Association convention, but I am working. I am here representing some uh, client publications, so I dress more formally than I would like to and less casually than would be normal if I was just here mm -hmm, playing mm -hmm, tourist. Yeah. But we find a nice sweet spot in between where it's comfy. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, dockers or blue jeans. I got my black Chuck Taylors. Those, these are my formal Chuck Taylors. You know, I never thought of Dave as a fashion plate until now. Dave is a, is a, uh, is a what's the term? There's a term, but he's one of them. Uh, Raconteur? He, yeah, well, no, he's a, he's a... a, a <laughs> oh, you're oh, you talking about, okay, never mind. He's a, <laughs> he's a complex kind of guy. And uh, hey, these, these are dressy Chucks, man. I mean, yeah. Black well, on black on black. That, we'll make that into the uh, episode picture for this time. We'll take a, we'll take a picture of your feet. Or maybe not. I don't know. We'll talk about that later on. Okay, uh, that's just no. <laughs> There's a lot of people yelling at their at their iPods right now. It's day one of uh, AirVenture 2017, uh, and uh, things are just kind of starting to get rolling. Uh, we talked a little bit about a couple of those things. Uh, we saw the uh, uh, did we talk about it since we started recording the B1 bomber? I don't know if we recorded that, but the B1 bomber did a flyby. Did, um, yeah, a couple flybys yeah. a little did while ago. Did a couple ago. flybys. The wings all swept back. The reheat on on all four engines, the ground shaking, heads turning upward going, whiskey, tangle, fox. Yeah. Ride. Did it land or did it just, just fly and by and then leave? 
I think it landed because I, I, I thought I saw land. the gear being dropped and yeah. he'd, 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 they'd folded the wings forward. So I okay. think they were getting ready to do that. I hope that, they that did. That could have been a camera pass, but more than yeah. likely they landed because they like having those on the square. Right. One of, well, uh, yeah, because one of my most vivid memories of an air show performance was a B-1 bomber doing a, a, that kind of a flyby performance. And as one of its last passes, uh, it did this dirty approach coming down from, from in my case, the right. All right. Um, so all the gear was out, all the flaps were out, all the, you know, the wings were just all dirtied up, and it's coming down real slow in this real, I don't know, landing configuration kind of thing. And as it reached show center, it pulled in the gear and brought up all the the, uh, the uh, flaps and etc. All right, and then just went to full afterburner and climbed almost straight up in the sky, right over show center. It was wow. very impressive. I mean, you're looking up there and seeing this fire in the tail in the, in the uh, you know the, the jet exhaust on the back of this thing, and it was loud. I mean, it was loud. It was very impressive. Uh, but that was uh, that was many many years ago in Central Valley of California. Poor, poor big turbojets on there. They tend to make a noise. Yeah, yeah. So. And it's always best to remember to take off into the wind and break ground rather than the opposite. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, what else have we seen so far here on day one? Yeah. Um, Boeing's here. Boeing's got a big presence. There's a. Uh, what else is there's a. Uh, give me an example of some Boeing equipment that's down there. Um, two B-29s. Uh, but of course, uh, there's a B-52. Yeah, well, let's go back a second here, because I was I, I wasn't I was actually starting to wander the grounds and didn't make it all the way down to the flight line in time to see Fifi arrive. We spoke on the daily about the fact that Doc, the the, the brand new newly airworthy B-29, arrived the other day, and Fifi arrived today and was taxiing into the west ramp. And I, I would imagine by now they're they're parked. They're they're parked more or less side by side. That's yeah yeah. 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 That's going to be cool. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. Fifi looks, I'm sorry, Doc looks really good. Isn't it sharp? Man, shiny airplane, you know, and uh, big crowds around it. And, uh, well, bumped into a couple, uh, three friends from Wichita when I was over in media this morning, and they said the one thing that, that was capable of making me really envious of them. They came up on Doc. Ooh, yeah. There and you go. two of them got to take turns on riding legs <laughs> up in the bombardier seat, so... They got that big greenhouse view looking out at it. They flew up to uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, spent a little time with Rockwell Collins, and then uh, came in on uh, Saturday. And uh, one young man, uh, Travis Haying, he's a uh, photographer and writer for the Wichita Eagle, tapped me on the shoulder. How'd you come up, Doc? <laughs> now, this is radio, so you can't see the shovel grin that I'm trying to imitate, but... <laughs> Some people may not realize that uh, the Dave that many people call you Doc as a nickname. Yeah, uh, so that's yeah, uh, a Bugs Bunny joke. We've never figured that part out. Yet. Oh well, apparently we just did. It's uh, you know, we're gonna have to work on this now. When my dad's friends would come by to visit when I was a kid, they'd rub me on the head and say, "So what's up, Doc?" And and I'd go, "Daddy, not much." I'm not. Oh, so that that just burst so many bubbles. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, <that's> Actually, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it as well as a six-year-old, but now I can. That's all, folks. Just the idea of rubbing you on the head. I was short. Yeah. Okay. Was was was. What else is going on, Amy? How long? When did you get to town? I got to town on Saturday afternoon, late. 
later than I thought I would get to town. Uh -huh. So, and I was pretty darn beat. Like I said, after pedaling against that 40 knot headwind through the through the heartland across the corn with my co-pilot going, you yeah. need to descend. You came descend. in the you came in the RV. <laughs> Yes, yeah. in the RV, which isn't as bad as being in a 182 with a 40-knot headwind. Yeah, at least oh, in the yeah, RV, you're still actually moving across the ground. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, and it definitely beats being in a Honda Element with a 40-knot headwind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so wait a minute, I'm just realizing what you're saying here. You flew in on Saturday. That was yes. the crazy weather day up here, wasn't it? All across the East East. Or uh, Friday. I thought Friday, Friday was, was the, the worst yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, Friday was the bad weather day. Yeah. Uh, although, although we did experience some lower ceilings as we got up here. Mm -hmm. Chicago was fine, and then um, as we came around and weaved around the airport traffic areas and the control zones, uh, we we were squeezed pretty good. We were squeezed to down at around 1,200 feet mm -hmm. AGL. Really? Yeah. That's there were towers above us. That was that's an instrument airplane, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is an instrument airplane, but at that point, you're like 20 minutes from where you're going, and right, you don't want right. to be instruments. You just want to land. And they have a program, a reservation program, right? Yeah. and it's just a hassle, which all of which kind of figured into my not flying my airplane here this I, year. I came in once when a program was in effect, and I had to wait a day to come up later than usual, and it was margin all the way up. and Like, yeah, okay. Fortunately, when I got here... The weather had just been bad enough that there was really nobody else trying to come in and the ceilings had come up to 1500 and flew the approach and where do you want to park? And I should clarify that. We go into North Milwaukee. We don't actually go into ah, Oshkosh okay. anymore. And there's a reason for that. We're cheap. The cars <laughs> are cheaper in yep. Milwaukee yep. and uh, they have tie downs that are really easy. You pull up, you tie down. They bring your car out like the old-fashioned thing. I love Oshkosh, and I love coming here. But when you come in here with so many people at, at such a, a lot of time, and, and you know you need to leave on a very specific day, you, you become hamstrung mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. by all, of, the, all yeah. of what you go through to get out of here. North Milwaukee. So obviously not Mitchell. It's, that's no, not, it's Timmerman. I don't know Timmerman. What's that airport like? Oh, it's a great airport in North Milwaukee. And, and my recommendation, there's a lot of people who go to Sheboygan, which is very close. Yeah. They go to Fond du Lac, obviously, and there's reservations for Fond du Lac. But in North Milwaukee, there's Timmerman. And over just 12 miles west of that is Waukesha. Right. Waukesha. Waukesha. Okay. okay. And and Steins over in Waukesha, heck, they had a, a weekly rental on a Hertz for $165. Boo. And, wow. Yeah. There exactly. You go. So They haven't heard that there's going to be a crowd here, I take it, huh? Well, I'm just telling you that there are benefits to being, to putting that airplane just a little farther afield and then safely driving yourself in here if if you're going to be around for a yeah, while. Yeah, well, it's only about an hour. The people who want to camp in the North 40, man, I am more power to you. That is an experience not to be missed, and I have had the opportunity to, mm -hmm. to do that, right. as you guys have have as well. Um, but, but for us worker bees who are here every year, and you can back me up on this if you want to, there's a certain logistical side to to where is my airplane going to be that I know I can get into and out of without any kind right, of special right. stuff right. and and crowd. Yeah. And, and I definitely back you up on that. Uh, and it's, again, part of the method to my madness of driving this year. 
Uh, yeah, let's talk about there that. There are many, many other reasons, but yeah, no, no, let's not. Okay, let's not. All I wanted to observe is that in the 15 years that I've known you, Jeb, this is the first time you haven't flown to Oshkosh. This is, this is true. Um, which, A, I don't have anything to prove. True. I'm, okay. Yes. B. Um, I do have some errands to run on the way home that uh, are impractical to do if I landed at an airport. Okay. In um, uh, route back, um, I needed a road trip. Yeah. And, and well, that's one. good too. But it was a gnarly weather day too, all across the East Coast. Right? I I didn't have any bad. I had some some steady rain. Yeah. Um, but uh, really nothing that much to worry about. The wind wasn't even that bad on the surface. And um, I, it was a it was a good drive. I didn't okay. really have any inclement weather. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Amy, you've been here for a day and a half, and I, I'm I'm kind of emphasizing Amy here because I know you've got to run at some point. Yeah. And, no, uh, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, tell us tell us everything you know. Um, tell us. <laughs> tell us everything you know. What's uh, we're not doing I, a podcast. I know that, long. that we never got to the grocery store because one of our housemates went and made a McDonald's run at six o'clock in the morning and came back with nine super big breakfasts because he yeah. thought he looked around and he went he, and and to to phrase that he's been around the world like three times in three weeks so he has no idea what time zone he's on uh, okay. so he must have got up at five o'clock in the morning looked around thinking i'm hungry and realized that none of us had had time to even go to the grocery store mm-hmm. perhaps we were just thoughtless who yeah. knows yeah but so. the point the point was he came back with mcdonald's so i had breakfast for from mcdonald's this morning. Uh, really, yesterday afternoon was my first day on the field, mm-hmm. and I had some housekeeping over at EAA Radio to take care of. Yep. So today I'm just getting out. Now, I've enjoyed the guests who've come to me. One yeah, of the so reasons I like EAA Radio is that a lot of the show comes to you. Sure. And did you, you know, and this has already been broadcast, so we're not like um, no, no, no. Steal on your thunder. What did you talk to anybody interesting this morning? Yeah, we did. Today was Avionics Day, oh. and, and the key word would have been disruptive. Okay. For example, uh, Four Flight's new product, which is actually built by U Avionics, who I found at Sun and Fun, and was absolutely fascinated by because they do ADSB and um, a lot of interesting products for drones. Um, I wrote about it at Sun and Fun, and here they're introducing a $199 ADSB. Oh yeah, I saw I saw pictures of yeah, that. Yeah, I did a little mea, mea culpa on your program. I'll do another one here, the same one here. Um, I was of the opinion, I don't know, a year or so ago, that all the neat stuff for ADSB had, had pretty much been invented. Yeah, and that you know the market was such that we all knew there was a 2020 deadline. Uh, um, we all had pretty much settled on the configuration of various products and how we were going to use them. And bam, along comes UAvionics with what is basically a commercial version of the Stratix um, homegrown Raspberry Pi based okay. ADSBM receiver. Oh, you're going to get in trouble for saying that. Well, he went, went to a lot of he, trouble he did, to show and, and, you and the that's, chip. And that's a very good point. Uh, and I've got a picture of the chip. Um, when I say basically a, a, a commercialized version, um, from a conceptual standpoint, but certainly not from a hardware. No, standpoint. hardware, yeah. it is a scratch yeah. product. 
and it's intriguing. It's the size of my, the chip yeah. is the size of my thumbnail. Uh -huh. Yeah, there was a mob at their booth when I went right. around a while ago. I got ago. a picture of the chip uh, on a white background with a U.S. nickel next to it. Mm -hmm. And the nickel's definitely bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And and how does one use it? Is it is it? It's a it's an ADSBN receiver, just yeah. like a, a Stratus, or a, a, I think a Dual has a, a product, and several other manufacturers have similar products. So it receives ADSBN traffic and weather. Right. And does it connect wirelessly to your main device? Yes. Blue, Bluetooth and or Wi-Fi. I forget which. I think it's Wi-Fi. I think it's Wi-Fi. So you have the, to plug in power. You, that's the the only real big difference between yeah. it and a Stratus box is the uh, UAvionics box does not have its own power supply. Mm -hmm. But uh, 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 one of the lipstick-sized USB uh, battery things that mm -hmm. you see everywhere, you can buy at a 7-Eleven or, or a Home Depot, uh, and a USB, a USB cable uh, will run the thing. And if you have a 5-volt USB output in the panel of your airplane, you plug it into there, you plug it into the little device, you hang it from the windshield. It's got its own little suction cup. Yep, got its own little suction cup. Yeah, and you uh, you link it up with your portable device, and you're in business. Yeah, that sounds cool. That's, yeah. Is it out now? Is it out? Oh or? yeah, it's out now. They're selling it at the booth. That's why they're mobbed. Yeah. Okay. I, I found it fascinating that ForeFlight would actually put out a product that competed with its product. Well, and it does, because the Stratus has a lot more to it. But I think ForeFlight's acknowledging that there's people who aren't going to buy a Stratus because it's more money than they have right now. And he described it, Brian Braun of UAvionics described it as a critical safety issue. Hmm. And this can improve safety in the cockpit. Ergo, ForeFlight's thinking, we should just market it ourselves. Well, one thought is... Of course, the, the Stratus that, that ForeFlight markets is actually manufactured by Apareo. Yes, it is. That's correct. Um, and Apareo, of course, also has other uh, mm -hmm. ADSB-related products, uh, as well as their own product lines that are not in aviation. Um, does the, the availability of ADSB in traffic and weather enhance safety? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if memory serves, this gets both channels of ADSB yes, in traffic, does. independent of whether you've got out. So it'll get the 978 traffic and the 1090 megahertz traffic and the weather all on this little stick. It, it looks like a USB stick. Yeah, it does. That's what it looks I like. I think people's yeah. biggest problem is they're going to lose it in the flight yeah. bag. And they're selling it over there for 199 bucks. Sounds cool. They were lined up. Sounds cool. They had a special table that says, buy this here. And there was a queue. Yeah. So so disruptive was the word. That was not the only disruptive technology. So uh, what else is disruptive? Well, let's see. I heard tell that the this new Dynon panel. Do tell. I I, I would defer to you. I, I, let me let, let's. I would take a thirty thousand foot view, and explain it in the sense that there are a lot of established avionics manufacturers who are looking at um, FAA's recent change in philosophy relative to the installation of non-certified avionics in certified aircraft. Looking at that saying, 
wait a second. Hasn't haven't the rules been changed on oh, us? Yeah, no, no. no. Your, your your tact is more politically correct. Yeah. In the, way, the direction I was going. And, 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 no, and, time out, direction. Jeb. Politically correct. Oh huh? yes, <laughs> actually he is. I'm going to give him kudos here. Totally. My reputation, a reputation precedes me. Perhaps not not the <laughs> reputation. Um, the point though is that some manufacturers are kind of scratching their heads saying how are we going to deal with this disruptive technology in our industry some manufacturers are embracing uh, that disruption uh, and um, manufacturers on both ends of that uh, yardstick are name brand companies um, one of which uh, um, is probably going to uh, sell a lot more products and one of which is may not sell a lot more products unless and until they embrace embrace the disruption uh, the flips are the the the, uh, the punchline in all of that is it's great for pilots and aircraft owners because all of a sudden we can get all these new capabilities that um, um, were not necessarily available uh, for our aircraft um, for a less money, B uh, just uh, very easy installation requirements, uh, and all of them. Uh, the, the basic design thrust here is uh, safety enhancements. And uh, can I say less paperwork? And less paperwork. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty disruptive. I mean, uh, yeah, it is kind of interesting that out of nowhere there's there's new disruption. And uh, oh, I don't think it's out of nowhere. No, I think it's, it's been not, coming. It's not out of nowhere. And, and we were talking also, both on your program and offline, about how uh, a lot of this has its genesis with the uh, General Aviation Joint Steering Committee. And their project started four, five, three, year, three, four, five years ago on loss of control. And one of the policy changes that came out of that at the FAA was allowing the installation of um, angle of attack indicators yep. that are advisory in nature and are obviously a safety enhancement. Ergo, they the FAA decided at industry's urging to relax the regulatory requirements, relax the paperwork requirements necessary to, to have something like this on a cert certificated airplane. Mm -hmm. That's the genesis of all this. Yeah. It's a realization that tech moves so quickly and re the regulatory process moves so slowly that um, it has put us way behind the power curve in terms of being able to, to, to enhance the safety of our certified aircraft. And it actually was driving people to the experimental market. Well, and it's opened the door on some new products. Like a couple of years ago, at Sun and Fun, Garmin introduced this little G5 primary flight display. It'll plug in place, and it's now approved for about 600 certificated airplanes under an approved model list, SCC. You can put it in in place of your attitude ind indicator. It's about three inches deep. It's got a backup battery. Uh, yesterday, they uh, may have one of the cleverest ADS-B solutions that I've seen yet, called the GDL82. Mm -hmm. It's a complete self-contained ADS-B out and in box. And it plugs in, you plug your transponder output cable into it, 
and then the antenna into the other side. You give it power. It's got a built-in WASP GPS receiver. Uh, it outputs on uh, 978 megahertz, and it gets both channels of traffic in for less than 1800 bucks plus install. I got that beat. UAvionics has another product that is a wingtip light. It's it's the right wingtip or le- I, yeah, the right wingtip. It's mounts in the wingtip the same um, uh, form factor as a wingtip uh, 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 position light, uh-huh. and it has everything in it for ADSB out approved. All you have to do is attach a little dongle to the transponder antenna cable that picks up the squat code, Wi-Fi's it to the wingtip where this little box is, it, you still have your little red light, and you've got ADSB out. And this, Before, this works the same way. You plug the antenna cable from your transponder into the GDL82, then the output cable to the antenna, add power to it, it picks up the squawk code from the transponder and adds it to the ADSB out. Yeah. Hey, we, we, I, we'll continue this thought maybe, but um, we got to cut Amy loose here. Yes. Before we, before you go, um, anything else you're particularly looking forward to, or any 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 subject you want to rant about uh, for the week? Uh, <laughs> I have no rants, man. I have no rants. No, when you do, come back. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you don't have anything nice to say about anybody, come sit by me. My job. I'm in customer service this week for EAA. That's what I see say t- to myself when I say I'm doing a talk show host. I I, I really. I'm looking forward to showcasing what's going on here on the field all we, week. We long. used to have that gig in an older technology, so we appreciate completely what you're talking about. There you go. Yeah. Listen, you guys, thanks for having oh, me. Oh, thanks for coming by. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks. Amy, it's never a show without having you on your I know. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. You're sweet. And maybe we'll get you on a daily sometime later in the week. That folks. sounds wonderful. You know how to tackle me. Uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Twist my arm, Sure. Jack. Twist my arm. On that note, go say hi to your husband. And <laughs> thank you. I'll see you at 10.45. Is it an avionics year at AirVenture? Or maybe they're all avionics years lately. Huh? You know, I, I don't have a good answer for that. It, 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 I will say this, that um, the microchip and technology and software and networking revolutions that we've seen over the last X number of years um, are manifesting themselves uh, in the cockpit. They're manifesting themselves in perhaps ways that we didn't even think about five, 10 years ago. Um, They're not manifesting themselves in new airframes. Mm -hmm. We're not getting new more efficient engines or or power supplies or anything like that yet um but we are getting the benefits in the cockpit of in, in with our instruments with our uh, whether it's through an ipad or or something mounted in the panel we are seeing the benefits and uh that's going to continue and it's going to get really cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah garmin's got two new autopilots uh, their first retrofit autopilots for the GA market, one for light singles, one for really high-performance singles, twins, and uh, light turboprops. The, uh, the, 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 what is it, the uh, GFC 500 for light singles with a G5 to 
work with it, you get the level button, automatic attitude recovery. You got instability, ESP, instability, uh, enhanced stability protection. Mm -hmm. uh, if you already have a G5, it's seven grand. If you don't have a G5, it's just about nine. Mm -hmm. And it does just about everything that the GFC 700 that they've been using in the Garmin 1000 system for years, just about everything it does and it'll slide into the same spot as a lot of old autopilot controllers. You hook it up to the G5, give it power, put, comes with new servos with these brushless motors so there's no clutch. Uh, it's really slick, flies well. It'll do an LPV approach in rough air and make the rough air disappear. It's just, it's quite an advance for them uh, for certificated airplanes. You can get all of that stuff in the experimental market for a lot less, but there's not many things for that money that uh, that deliver that level of performance for that money. Yeah, and and down the road, um, you know, if, if the vacuum system on my airplane ever soils the bed uh, for five grand, I can go, you know, a lot less than an Aspen or a lot less than than a Garmin full uh, uh, glass panel solution. I can replace my gyro instruments for not a whole lot of money and get a lot more features out of the deal and a lot more reliability. Well, and the G5 as a standalone is about 2500 bucks. Plugs into the same spot as your attitude indicator. It'll work with your autopilots. They have an interface now that'll work with other autopilots. Uh, got a backup battery that'll run for four hours if your electrical system fails. And as you guys were talking, this is all a result of the FAA's relaxed attitude toward putting non-certified equipment in certified airplanes. And it's really driving uh, advances up and down the chain. It's also driving some people crazy. Yeah. yeah. That, not in a bad way. In a, in, a, in a... Depends on who the people are. In a disruptive way. In a disruptive way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You're talking disruptive, about, not destructive. Talking about new disruptive technology. Um, let's go to old disruptive technology. I, I, like I said, we were talking about Fifi down on the West Ramp, uh, Boeing Plaza West Ramp. Um, I was down there earlier today, and uh, as we alluded to earlier, there's a B-52 park down there. And, uh, you know, for an airplane that's very nearly as old as Dave, I, was, I wasn't, oh darn, I wasn't going to do that joke. For an airplane that's very nearly as old as me, that's a beautiful airplane. I'm telling you, that's a powerful looking the, the aircraft, the B-52. You know, another, another uh, interesting... I, I, there's nothing ugly about that airplane, I don't think. Another interesting uh, thought is um, the distance, the chronological distance between the B-29 and the B-52. Okay. Is what, 15 years? Barely. Yeah, because one's World War II era and one's Cold yeah, War era. Yeah, but the era. B-52 first flew in the 50s. Yeah. Late 50s. Well, the late... B the B-29 okay. was World War II. First flew in 41, entered service in uh, 43. And I'm sure someone who's got a Google next to them would, would come up with a, the day the, the B-52 made its first flight. But there wasn't that much distance between the two. No. And in between, Boeing had the uh, B-36 and the B-47, was, which was, was their first... Was the B-36 a Boeing product? I thought it was. I thought it was consolidated. You, you, you may be right there. But in terms of advances, we had the B-36 and then the Boeing B-47, 
which was their first jet power, uh, jet bomber, swept wing, mm -hmm. uh, really small, small crew, uh, six engines with rocket boost for takeoff, uh, aerial refueling. Uh, it was a real revolution for the uh, late 40s. And not long after the 47 entered service, they were working on the 52, eight engines, yeah. twice yeah. the bomb load, crew of 10 or 11. We're going around. Everybody grab a throttle. Yeah. <laughs> What's that joke? Oh, uh, we got a Boeing that's lost an engine. Uh, uh, we need to make way for it. Oh, wow, the dreaded seven-engine approach. <laughs> yeah. So, but that I, I was just, I was down there just admiring that airplane. That's, a, I mean, it's, I wouldn't necessarily call it beautiful, but it's a fearsome-looking airplane. I mean, it's just, it's not ugly. I mean, a, 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 an Airbus 380 is ugly. All right, this is, this is, this is a stunning it's, it's, airplane. It's, it's sexy in a... Uh Barroom brawl kind of. Yeah, of okay. There you go. <laughs> since. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of. Yeah, not, right. Not that I've ever been in a brawl. Yeah, right. No, no. Brawl. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Okay. And what you, I've what I've read about. Yeah. It. Right. Yeah. You think about it. The fifty twos were in service in Vietnam. Yeah. And the Gulf War and the Second Gulf War, they've changed them so that they went from conventional bombs to I mean nuclear bombs to conventions. Yeah. Conventional bombs. They developed a rotary bomb rack that you could put in it and drop cruise missiles. They've really gone a long way to keep that airplane relevant and capable as the years have gone by. Yeah, It's amazing what you can do with a body saw and some rivets. <laughs> <laughs> well, some years ago, there was a, they, they looked at a program to replace those eight big low bypass turbojets with four high bypass ratio engines on it. Yeah. It would have been a boom in terms of a boon in terms of saving fuel costs increasing power and what happened to that program uh i don't think that it i don't think it stroked the right members of congress for them to put the funding up for it and uh, so they kept there, there might also know, have been some B-52s. there might also have been some strategic uh, arms limitations uh, considerations involved there. Well, and it, and oh, and some of those oh, yeah, high right, bypass ratios, considering how those outboard wings dip, there may have been some ground clearance problems That's true too, too with the cowls. That's yeah. true too. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the second generation of uh, of, of uh, uh, 737s, when they went to high bypass ratio engines on that, they had to make the bottoms of them flat. Had to flatten the bottoms of the cowl. Yeah. Uh, and that's still prevalent on, on the current generation. That's, yeah, they haven't changed it. Because haven't changed To it. get more ground clearance, they would have had to completely re-engineer the landing gear. Well, it's, it's interesting you mention that because the, uh, the 737 MAX 10, yeah. which is, I, th I, I think they may have a prototype, I'm not sure, but they, re they have redesigned. The landing gear on that and instead of a standard strut arrangement as on just about all previous seven threes they now have a trailing link i saw that landing gear on that on that max 10. it'll be interesting to to see how that works and and what that buys them uh, someone said it was more a matter of tail clearance on takeoff and and rotating the, the nose up and the tail has to they get the, the seven threes are getting longer 
Yeah. And the way the geometry is on the trailing link landing gear, maybe that solves the problem. I don't have that. I don't know that for a fact. Well, and as it's gotten longer, that rotation issue has become more critical because when they lengthen, they've lengthened the 737 multiple times over the years. It, they always would add a plug ahead of the wing and a plug behind the wing to keep the weight and balance mm -hmm. in range. But as it's gotten longer and longer with that standard landing gear, keeping the tail from hitting, it's gotten to be more and more of an issue. By the end of the week, I'll be dragging my tail. Well, that's not so much, that's <laughs> not such a good thing for 7 3. Well, at least you won't throw sparks. Exactly. <laughs> if I do, someone call, you know, 911. We'll bring a fire extinguisher. You do that. Uh, another example of how much things have changed in the recent years, I was wandering out in the uh, big exhibit area up, up, up among the exhibit hangars, and I wanted to take some pictures of uh, I wanted to take some pictures of some Cessnas, some Pipers, and some Beaches. So I figured I'll go to the three exhibit areas of these three manufacturers. And so I walk in, and the Cessnas right there. So I'm taking pictures of Cessnas, and I saw the Piper was sort of down across the way, and I'm standing in the Cessna booth looking around trying to find where's the beach booth i can't find the beach booth yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm suddenly i suddenly look and i went oh that's right i'm in the beach booth it's like cessna and beach are the same thing these days right. not the it's same now they're not the same thing it's but you know what textron i mean textron aviation it's now textron and uh, you know and apparently they're fairly sensitive about what oh, are they ever to that to, well, who, they to, don't want to be called Beach or Cessna anymore they want to be called textron really well yeah. that that yeah. depends on which side of town you work on the tails? If you run east of Wichita, Textron Aviation Plant, uh, there's a lot of guys over there that are still proud beach crafters. Both the Cessna and, and the beach. Themselves. Both the Cessna and the beach branding are still very visible in the booth there. The airplanes say Cessna or Beach or Beechcraft or whatever it is they say. Um, there's they you know, everybody's flying flags this year and uh, they were both Cessna flags and Beach or Beechcraft, I don't, I forget what you did. There is. any Hawker flags? I didn't know. There might have been actually. There was another flag I didn't look that closely at. And uh, Piper had flags. Everybody's got flags. We need a UCAP flag. We need a, a flag for the United Nation of UCAP. We, we don't need a UCAP flag. No, we do. No, we do. We really do. Well, they've they've got enough real estate over there. To, uh, I think they got about two and a half acres. Uh -huh. Yeah, they do. Well, yeah, because it's now you know multiple manufacturers or what used to be multiple manufacturers um, they they've got a lot of real estate a lot of airplanes on display some really pretty airplanes i was looking around i'm going to go back when i have more time but uh, um before we go you were talking about piper and they had a briefing this morning uh -huh. talking about their sales success and uh they've recently grounded uh, the entire fleet of m series airplanes Pray tell. because of a uh question about the quality of a supplier provided part what's the m series that's the uh used to be the malibu mirage and the meridian so the turboprops uh the, the, the cabin class 600 singles. yeah the cabin class singles okay but uh simon caldecott was talking about how their trainer sales are up their turboprop sales are up their inventory of available turboprops has gone down because people are buying them they're doing better in europe uh, they just had a customer fulfill an order for 100 trainers that they place in 13. And they've now, you know, completed that order process so that all 100 airplanes will be delivered and offline for this flight school mm -hmm. operation, ATP, I think it was. Uh, so Piper's doing better. Uh, 
Cessna's piston sails are a little so-so. King Air sails are a little so-so. Uh, there's rumors around town and questioning how much longer we'll continue to see Bonanzas and Barons, but I don't think they're going to give that up yet. Uh, that's still a good moneymaker for them, although fewer and fewer people seem to be buying them because a Baron now is about a million two and change and a new Bonanza with the, the, G, the G36 Bonanza is 800,000, seven, 800,000 bucks. Uh, but they're still punching them out. And uh, the feedback from talking to a couple of the other airframers is the market's starting to slowly pick back up. So Boeing had interesting news on what the demand for pilots is going to be in the next 20 years. And almost 40% of the demand is in one place, China. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And the United States is no longer the top market for needing pilots and needing new airplanes. The flip side of which is the U.S. still does need pilots. Yep. That's what's critical in my mind is that as the demand and what they're paying for people, for Americans to go and fly in China, it's going to put a dent on the pilot supply for regionals and corporate here because none of the regionals are going to come close to some of the salaries mm -hmm. they're offering yeah. for first officers over there, and you don't have to speak Chinese. Okay. And it's going to be the same with mechanics, flight attendants, uh, EASA, European Aviation Safety Agency. They're in the process of rewriting rules on flight attendant requirements for airlines, and they're going from one per 50 seat, which is what the FAA has used for years, to ha requiring one per emergency exit. That's going to boost the demand for flight attendants significantly. Interesting. So, yeah. Folks, there's a lot of good career opportunities coming along in aviation for flight attendants, mechanics, and pilots between the global market. If you can't find a job here, there's other places right. that, that will take you and pay you more. That's right. Mm -hmm. And it's tax-free over there. Yeah. So there was a rocket ship. Did you see the? Have you been I out? did see the rocket ship. The rocket ship is. It's yeah, there's uh, a rocket here. Yeah. Blue Origin. Blue Origin, and uh, there's a, both a both a. Uh, it's one to... that's flown. It's it's got the battle scars to yeah. show it. Yeah, I know it's scorched. It's all yeah. scorched up. It's a uh, it's so it's a big uh, booster device of some sort, and then there's a passenger mm -hmm. module or whatever you would call it. Mm -hmm. uh, you capsule. can you can sit in it. There's a presentation or something. Yeah, really? There's also a line. Yeah, I would imagine it was a crowd down there, but it's a kind of impressive. It's down there next to the uh, Boeing Plaza West Ramp, and uh, um, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I haven't yet. Now, speaking of things that aren't specifically aviation, a la rocket ships, um, drones. Oh, I know where the drone thing would be. It would be over in that education area, over right. um, over on the edge of the uh, the exhibit area. I haven't been over that where area. Where the fly yet. market used to be. Exactly right. Yeah, where the fly market used to be before the flat mark, fly market moved from its original location. Next to Scholar. Uh, no, no, no. Well, no, that's where it is now. That's where it is now. That's before it was where it is now, it was where we're talking about over there by the. We're, uh, we, we saying that we're just saying the same thing. No, no, no. I'm saying before that, it was down there where now all the forum uh, buildings are located. But it's before your time, young man, you don't remember this. Anytime stuff. I hear the phrase drone corral, 
I get a picture of cowboys yeah. riding drones. Yeah. Have you seen the pictures from? Oh, I can't. Well, maybe we shouldn't. That. This is a, not a video podcast. Not this is an audio the. Podcast. Not that other flying down the road. Yes. But the other other flying down the road. Right. Sebring. Um, they they sent out their they've got their new modified ground plan for how they're going to lay out the show next uh-huh. January, and it appears that there's going to be a massive drone cage well they had a huge one this year yeah but i looked looked even bigger i saw that one this this year and they've moved it it's going to be over actually where we parked our cars this year it's going to be over on that side Uh, it's going to take up that whole grass just outside the airport fence and they've got like walkways and bleachers and it's the whole thing it's pretty soon the the, uh, disruptive technology will be flying your own airplane into that show yeah i know the drone canal at uh, sebring two years ago was in a hangar because right. it was too bloody windy to fly. Oh yeah, that else. was yeah. Well, I don't know if that's but, the case anymore. Weather's but. always an issue at the yeah. Sebring shows. And the folks from the Deland Sport Aviation Showcase, they're here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They're having a reception tonight. Yep. Coming up in what? November, right? Is it November this year? Yes, November. Yes. November in Deland, Florida, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it was in November last year because it opened on the closing day of NBAA. Right. right. This year, NBAA is in Vegas, so they won't get the instant. Uh, availability of uh, media that they had last year but NBAA is also in October so those guys will all be free to go when they want to saw Jana Phillip and uh, her husband Gary and uh, they are heavy into uh, improving on the grounds they had last year making it more diverse adding some uh, space for it for spectators so uh, man if you're into aviation you're you, you, you should be here. Mm-hmm. So it's day one of AirVenture 2017. Um, we're just getting started. Uh, what's uh, not to be missed as the week goes on? Um, Talk to me in a couple of days. Well, yeah, no, we, no, we got to, but we got to give them advice now as you're trying to help our listeners make their choices as they are wandering the showgrounds. Bare naked ladies, no jokes. No jokes. The I don't band. want to hear. The band. The band. Bare naked. Bare naked ladies. False, is false advertising. False, I, I saw them false once. News, false news. The, fake, you know, news. fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. I saw them once on TV. There was no ladies, and none of the guys was bare naked. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys are under the barbarians. clothing. They might have been. You barbarians. It's a great. You could band. always figure. It's a great band. It's not quite as good as before. What's his name left the band, but it's still a great band, and I'm looking forward to seeing them tonight. So there. What else are we looking forward to? Anything in particular? The, uh, yeah? Well, things were getting busy down in the ultralight area. Have you been uh, down? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah? Not yesterday, day before. Okay. No, yesterday, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, today's Sunday. Monday, right? Yeah, today's Monday. You were there yeah, on yesterday. Sunday, day zero. All right. Uh, it was starting to fill up. Uh, one of the baby bells, the Sierra helicopters, uh, Pulled in on a trailer and then taxied to his parking spot by lifting off off the trailer and moving 100 feet and landing. That's, uh, yeah, okay. A couple of really How do you log that? Touch and go. No. <laughs> or go and touch. Yeah, it's a taxiing. It's, it's a hover taxi. A couple of really <coughs> clever uh, recreations of uh, uh, what looks to me like a demoiselle uh, powered by old 440 rotax they're also like category there's no plans but the guy would let you take measurements and easy to build uh the light sport area up north it's full and uh, a lot of stuff going on there i saw dan johnson earlier today 
and he's just running nonstop and developing stuff for his website by Dan Johnson dot com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to seeing some more old friends. Got work to do every day this week, and when the work's over, uh, shopping for avionics for the Sonics. Yeah. Here's something not to miss this week. Uh, uncontrolled airspace uh, is going to be all over the place this week. Uh, if uh, you're, you know, stay t- stay tuned because we're going to be doing uh, shorter daily episodes uh, every day during the week. We've done one already, and we'll do uh, another one each day. We will do another uh, full-blown episode on Sunday morning. Um, our sort of now traditional Sunday morning from the uh, flight line. We'll be down on the announcer stand, uh, listening to, uh, up close, listening to the the airplanes uh, departing on the final day of the show. Uh, also, if you're in town uh, on Thursday, you got to attend the uh, UCAP tie-down party. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's uh, Thursday evening from 6 until uh, whenever we decide it's over. Um, over there on the... Yeah, uh, and we decide when it's over. We decide when it's over. <laughs> Jeb is like kicked back here. Apparently, apparently Jeb's done with the podcast here. <laughs> he moved off to a different chair. And he's like many feet away from the microphone. There we go. Now there we go. Comfy now, Jeb? I am, actually. Yes, yeah. I got my leg up. and we, uh, uh, Jim, we need a picture of this. <laughs> it can be a simple picture. Just get your camera, your phone or something. Because <laughs> Jeb is kicked back. He's, he's, he's starting to check out. It's, uh, it's 4.10 in the afternoon. Uh, he's opened his something beer. And uh, <laughs> anyways, the tie-down who's, party. Who's counting? Yeah, the tie-down party is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, are, are you judging me? Uh, no, no, no. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm trying to tor- torture you is what I'm doing. It, it wouldn't be as nearly as much fun if it was li- valid, you know. So. Well, we got a night air show coming up on well, Wednesday. Hang on, I'm talking oh, about I'm the tie-down party, then we'll come back to that. Tie-down party, Thursday, make sure you come Thursday, on by. Thursday, 6 o'clock, Central Time. Central Time, uh, over at the Northwest Gate, the so-called Friar Tuck slash Super 8 Gate. Uh, just come on over, and you'll you'll see us. We'll be there making a commotion and, and drinking beers. And, uh, and there'll be geez, soft drinks. And there'll be cheesy. And there'll be soft drinks soft, and water. No, that's and right, exactly. There's, there's not only beer, there are soft cheesy drinks. Cheesy poofs. And all sorts of snack foods, particularly <laughs> cheesy poofs. Um, please come by. We love visiting with you folks uh, at that. at that. And I missed it last year, so I've got to get two parties worth this year. Um, Bring your own Doritos, though. Yeah, no. Yeah, something like that. Uh, David, night air show. Oh, well, it's just so much stuff to look forward to during the week here. Uh We've got the uh, Blue Angels coming for the first time. Uh, Wait, is that true? Night- first full show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't even Oshkosh. know that was true. I mean, okay, okay, that's, well, yeah, Yeah, cool. they've been here once before. Yeah, they, I but think they were individuals. Like, like, in, individual, one ship, two ship uh, uh, flybys or something right. like that on their way to some other air show. Right. Although, that doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, you know, it is what it is. The, the uh, Thunderbirds did a at least... All of their aircraft here a couple, three years ago. Yeah. I don't know if they did their, quote, full show, unquote. Yeah, they did. Uh, they probably did. So the Angels are going to do that this week. Yeah. At least once. Right. Blue Angels. we got an acro uh, plane. Part Blue of the- Angels are here later in the week, Wednesday nights, the uh, first of two, count them, two night air shows. And it's just bloody spectacular to watch this between the flaming fireworks shooting off the uh, wing tips. The funny lighting systems on the outside. I and saw there's that. lights in the cowling. There's lights in the cowling. I saw that when we were down this down the road in April. I actually saw and, it. Yeah. And then they're going to do it again on Saturday night. Yeah. So that's coming up. And um, it, both of those shows end with a big fireworks display. So 
that's worth hanging around late for both nights. Yeah. Uh, the Daily Air Show, which is, you can hear it going on behind us. Yeah. Uh, that's a little different every day, and every day is uh, uh, entertaining. Wear your sunscreen. Yeah. I'm hoping that this B1, B2, B52 flyby really is going to happen, and that I didn't imagine it, but because uh, that will oh, be cool. I want to see Doc and Fifi in the air together. And we want to see that. Do we know that's going to happen? I don't know. Yeah, we haven't heard. I don't know if I've heard. But imagine what a shot it would be to have B29, B52, B1, and the F-22s all going by together. That would be great. That's a little much to hope for. That's a little much to hope. I thought that was a 35. 35s. Single engine twin tail. Not was twin it? engine. I thought they were 22s, but I could I be wrong. I thought they were I didn't even see them. I don't know. I don't know. So I just I just work here. A lot of good stuff. Uh, Jim's giving us Jim higher goals. He, he says 35. So, uh, and he's almost always right. So. Anyways, um, I think that's it. We're going to put a fork in this one here. This has been good. This has been. We've reached the point of diminishing return. Well, it's just, you know, I have no idea how this. I, I'm always. This is such a crapshoot. Every time we do this, we are sitting. And I may, there'll be a picture someplace you'll be able to see because Jim was taking well, some it's, pictures. It's but day one. A we are seated. A lot of press conferences, a lot of flying, places getting full. We'll have more to talk about as the week goes by. We have reached the end of our allotted time. Yeah, that's right. Um, I always wanted to say that. <laughs> we're sitting here. I don't know why I want to tell you this. but So we're sitting here uh, at, a, at a little plastic fold-up picnic table that probably belongs to you, David, right? Yeah. And, uh, um, and uh, we've got four microphones, and I've got my little mixer, and, I mean, just not enough room. We've got gear scattered. Wires are strung every which way. Jeb's kicking the power thing here, which is like one of these, it's going to unplug any time now. Um, and I'm just never sure this is going to work. We'll see. If you're <laughs> if you're hearing this, I guess it worked. Uh, if not, it didn't. But uh, anyways, I'm not going to. Uh, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks to Amy for coming by. That was great. Uh, she's very very busy here this week, um, and uh, it was a, a real pleasure to uh, chat with her for a few minutes. And we'll try and catch her for a few more minutes on a on a on a daily. And remember, it's not too late to fly up here. And all the time you spend flying up here won't be subtracted from your lifespan. There you go. Thank you, David. Thank you, Jeb. That's enough talking. I mean, we can't go flying. Let's go watch some airplanes.